Good morning, church. Today's scripture reading is going to be Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, the genealogy of Jesus. God's word reads, This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah. Abijah the father of Asa, and Asa the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat the father of Jehoram, and Jehoram the father of Uzziah. Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz. Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah the father of Manasseh. Manasseh the father of Amon, Amon the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheetiel, and Sheetiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exiled Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This is God's word. You may be seated. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> It has uh, become a bit of a tradition here on the Sunday right before or on uh, Christmas Day to, to read the genealogy of Jesus and to be reminded that uh, Jesus is not just God, but He is God who became human. And in becoming human, He has turned us into a different kind of people. Let's, uh, let's ask God to bless us, and then we're going to, uh, to think a bit about the Word of God and then do some more singing. Father, we're grateful that you have blessed us in this way. That in your giving, you have blessed us. We are grateful, Father, for this love, for this mercy, this compassion, this grace, unmerited as it is in ourselves, Father, to, to receive any of this you have given it to us out of all of these, these great virtues that epitomize your presence in our life. Father, thank you for the Christ. Thank you for the Christ. And may we always, Father, be mindful of the depth of this gift to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For a lot of us, there was the opening of a lot of gifts this morning. How many of you have already started opening some gifts? We have decided in, in our family that, uh, that we're going to wait. Uh, this, this is kind of a special Christmas for, the, for Ellen and I. This is uh, the first Christmas that we get to experience with our eighth 
month, our eight-month-old granddaughter, and so we're going to wait probably until this afternoon, maybe even after we eat, to watch her open up all those gifts and throw the toy away and play with the box. <laughs> I, I remember so many Christmases growing up. They, they were always special in our, our family. My mom and dad went to great lengths to, to, uh, to make sure that, that Christmas was something really special for my two brothers and myself growing up. And uh, we, we received so many gifts that we remember. And, but there's one in my mind that, uh, that stands out. And uh, I was in the, um, the seventh grade. And for some time, I had been telling my parents that I was done playing the piano. It was time to play the drums. And my parents could not quite see the, uh, the connection between playing classical piano and, and then wanting to, to, to beat on some drums like Ringo Starr. But finally they gave in, but they gave in slowly. And one Christmas, um, when my brothers and I uh, went downstairs at the beginning of the morning, uh, right there at the foot of the tree was this, uh, this, the most beautiful Ludwig superphonic snare drum you have ever seen in your life. It was all chromed out, sitting on a chrome stand, and sitting on the, uh, the drum head itself on top were these two drumsticks. Uh, my parents didn't know that much about drumming. They didn't really put two and two together, that the bigger the stick, the bigger the sound. And so they found the biggest drumsticks because they were thinking, we've seen this boy grow up. We know that he can destroy anything he puts his mind to. So we're getting the biggest drumsticks. And I saw those drumsticks and I knew exactly what to do with them. Kabam! Kabam! And mom and dad come rushing downstairs and Christmas was on. It was a, it was a great, great day. And having experienced some of that myself as a parent, I know just how blessed they were on that day. <laughs> You know, it is, though. It, 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 it's such a wonderful morning. It's just great. Everything is, is merry, and people are happy, and there is joy, and there are all of these things that, that come because of the, the receiving of gifts. And then we think of Acts chapter 20, verse 35. You know, Paul uh, is, is having to, to do a little traveling. And he comes to this little place called Miletus, and he has already contacted the elders in the church of Ephesus to come down and meet him in Miletus. And he spends some time with them. He talks to them about his own ministry. And in verse 35, he reminds them that in the kind of ministry that he had and the kind of hard work he did, that they needed to continue that themselves in the place where God had raised them up to shepherd that church. That by that kind of hard work, they should remember to, to bless the poor and the weak. And then he quotes Jesus, a quote that we find nowhere else in the Gospels. It, we would not know it, except that Paul is meeting with these Ephesian elders in Miletus, and he says, it's more blessed to give than to and then we think about the experience of this morning or this afternoon for some of us later in the day when we receive those gifts and how great the receiving of those gifts, the receiving of those presents, how great that is to us. So how is it with the experience of the receiving that it's more blessed and greater to give? 
I mean, giving costs and giving takes time. And the blessing of receiving is just in the holding of your hands open to receive a gift that you didn't have before. But Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. How is it more blessed to give? How does that happen? I think it is in this. We normally think of it in sort of qualitative terms, that there is some kind of a return, some kind of joy quotient that comes to us when we receive and, we kinda, and when we give, and that there's a lot of joy, a lot of, of existential, experiential kind of enjoyment that comes when we receive something that we've wanted but have never been able to receive, and we're happy about it. And then we think about the giving part of it, and it doesn't seem to be very equal. There seems to be a lot of greatness even though we, we know that we bless people when we give it to them and that we love to see the delight on their face, how is it that it's more blessed to give than to receive? The answer is, nothing happens at all for the weak or for those that are impoverished and don't think about this just in terms of, of the finances. Impoverished relationally, impoverished, impoverished uh, emotionally, uh, uh, not just the finances, but uh, in relationships, in, in health, in all of these kinds of ways. Nothing happens unless someone, there is no blessing until someone decides to give. When you think of, of blessing, of who you are today in Christ, the joy that you experience even though you find yourself in the, in the deepest of valleys at times. Or, or the inexpressible joy that you feel when you know that there's every reason in the world for you not to feel that joy because of the circumstances that are going in, on, uh, on around you or in you. There's no reason for you to feel that joy, but you have it anyway. Or when you experience some kind of loss in life to realize that that's not what it is that defines you, that there's something greater and bigger and eternal that defines you, you begin to see and perceive that none of that that you have received, as big a blessing as it is, happens to you unless someone gives. The word, the verb, that describes God more than any other verb in the Bible is the word give. Blessing always begins when somebody decides to give. This is uh, what's happening in Philippians chapter 2 when Paul is, is thinking about the, the greatness of what's happening in that invisible world that we don't see in our physical world with our physical eyes. But he begins to think about what's happening in that invisible world when God is looking down upon his creation. And through all of these generations that Adrian has, has read to us, there is, there is uh, suffering and there is turmoil and adversity and trouble and the thorns and the thistles and the fallenness and the curse. And all of that is being experienced. And at the right time, at the appropriate time, in the fullness of time, Paul tells us in Galatians, the Christ is born. And in that invisible world, 
God himself decides to intervene. And Jesus, God the Son, in love, leaves his place in heaven. And in leaving his place in heaven, all of his eternity, all of his immortality, all of his greatness, all of his light, all that he is as the creator God of the heavens and the earth becomes squeezed into a baby that grows up and, as Paul says in Philippians 2, becomes a man. And not just a man, but he becomes a special kind of a man. He becomes a man whose life is marked by service, somebody that is always giving. And it's not just a servant who lives out his days, but a servant whose destiny is going to be death. And not just a death, but a death on a cross. And in so doing, what Paul says to the church in Corinth is that he took our sins upon himself in order for us to receive as a gift his righteousness. His righteousness. That is why Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is in giving that those that are weak, that those that are impoverished, find their lives changed. There's this old legend. It talks about uh, a junior devil coming up to Satan himself, and he wants to play a joke on Satan. He wants to, to tease Satan a little bit, and he walks up behind Satan one day, and he says, Merry Christmas, Master. He thinks that Satan is going to get the joke. Satan whips around and says, make sure that you keep it, Mary, for in the day that they don't, then we're in trouble. That's a legend, and you kind of get what is being said there, that, you know, as long as we keep our eyes on the things that are on the facade, the, the peripheral, the things that are on the surface, that which is superficial, and that which passes away, then, you know, Satan will be able to del continue deluding us into thinking that this world is all that there is. But for those of us who know, because we have received that greatest gift of grace from God in the form of the Christ, who lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we should have died, we know that the greatest part of our merriness on this planet is knowing that in love we now belong to God, lock, stock, and barrel. That there is no greater gift than we can receive than to receive that which we could not earn, that which we could not work for and, and, and build ourselves. It is to receive through grace our own salvation, our own adoption to receive inside of us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that God continues to work on our lives even though we, we continue for years and years and years on this planet. He still continues to make us the human beings that we were always intended to be. And it begins, though, because God is a giver. And it is more blessed to give than to receive because there is no receiving unless there is the blessing of giving. We're going to have uh, a couple of our shepherds down here at the front. And on this morning, if you have decided to receive the greatest of gifts from the greatest giver of all, the one who sees beyond what our wants are to see our deepest and pro most profound need, 
and that is to become his child. If that describes you this morning, or if there are any other needs that we can help you with, we want you to come down and talk to these shepherds as we praise God once again. Let's stand and sing. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness.